0: This week, Bill Werner has the latest on the proposed copper-nickel twin metals mine and on the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis' admission of wrongdoing involving clergy sex abuse. Mike Grimm takes another look at some fascinating Minnesota Summer Olympic connections, and I talk with Frank Wright II. He's one of the performers in the hugely popular musical The Lion King, which is currently on tour in Minnesota. But first, the Republican National Convention has wrapped up in Cleveland. m Tasha Radel was there. She has a recap of the week.
1: It's official Donald Trump is now the GOP nominee for president.
2: I humbly and gratefully accept your nomination for the presidency of the United States.
1: It wasn't an easy week for Republicans at the RNC in Cleveland who were hoping for party unification. The first major headache came after Melania Trump's speech to delegates Monday night. Trump was accused of plagiarizing parts of her speech from First Lady Michelle Obama's address to the Democratic National Convention in 2008. Minnesota GOP Chairman Keith Downey says Melania Trump's speech wasn't the main buzz amongst convention goers. He says the overriding message that came out of the convention's first day was that Hillary Clinton can't be trusted.
3: The media can try to distract from it and point to this issue and not to make light of it or say that that's not something serious. But uh, boy, that, that is just not at all uh, the impression of this convention uh, or what people are talking about down here.
1: Trump's speechwriter later confessed to plagiarizing. Tuesday night, Congressman Tom Emmer on behalf of Minnesota sent some of its votes to nominee Donald Trump during roll call of states at the RNC.
2: Madam Secretary, on behalf of the great state of Minnesota, home of 10,000 Lakes, home of Spam, (laughs) and home of the late Great Prince. (laughs) And the state that has had the longest drought of casting our electoral votes for a Republican president which will change this year, cast the following, Rubio 17, Cruz 13, and 8 for the next president of the United States of America,
1: Donald Trump. Former DFL State Representative Steve Wenzel of Little Falls attended his first-ever RNC as a District 8 voting delegate.
2: I'm convinced that America is on a perilous course and that the only way we can reverse the perilous, dangerous course we are on is to change the individuals from the bad decisions that are now making them.
1: Wenzel admits Trump wasn't his first choice but says he's gotten to appreciate more and more the direction Trump is taking. First-time convention-goer Joel Hansen of Winona explains why he got involved in politics. Taking a cue from uh, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, he said we all need to be in the arena, and I think this is being in the arena, literally and figuratively today. And Hansen says on a more serious note... My main motivation is to try to shape the outcome of this country and uh, advance the conservative cause for future generations. Now, some Minnesota delegates are fine with Donald Trump, but others are not sure, including Morrison County Republican Chair Mandy Heffron.
0: I am still undecided at this point just because it's a really hard decision
1: for me right now. An at-large national delegate Janet Byhoffer from Lakeville says Trump was not her first choice, but she respects the nomination.
4: We're not sure what he's going to do, and I'll gamble on the unsurety over someone who will put in so much that I disagree with.
1: To me, it's a slam dunk. Byhoffer admits Trump can be loose with his words.
4: He's not wired to D.C. And you got to take the comfort zone with the uncomfortable when you have a situation like that.
1: And on Wednesday night, the boxing gloves came off as the bitter primary battle between Trump and Senator Ted Cruz reignited unexpectedly crushing hopes that the party could project unity.
0: Stand and speak and vote your conscience. Vote for candidates up and down the ticket who you trust to defend our freedom.
1: Cruz avoided endorsing Donald Trump and urged delegates to be free and vote with their gut.
0: We must make the most of our moment to fight for freedom to protect our God-given rights, even of those with whom we don't agree.
1: The next day, following all the media buzz, Cruz says the Trump campaign saw his speech before he delivered it. He said Trump asked him to speak at the RNC, but he didn't ask him to endorse him. Cruz says he didn't say a single negative thing about Trump in his speech. He says he's not in the habit of supporting people that attack his wife and father, even after he pledged his support of the Republican candidate at a debate. And the big night Thursday night after accepting the party's nomination, Trump vowed to lead America back to prosperity.
2: We will be a country of generosity and warmth, but we will also be a country of law and order. I have a message for all of you, the crime and violence that today afflicts our nation will soon, and I mean very soon, come to an end.
1: And while some Republicans don't agree, Trump also vowed to protect the LGBTQ community.
2: I will do everything in my power to protect our LGBTQ citizens from the violence and oppression of a hateful foreign ideology.
1: Byron Voting Delegate Aaron Miller says he supports Trump all the way.
4: I think that once it was clear that Donald Trump was going to be the nominee, we have a choice. It's either Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. I'm a Republican, I'm a conservative, and I'm a proud American. And I'm putting my, uh, my full weight and my support behind the Donald Trump campaign.
1: Minnesota House Speaker Kurt Dowd believes Republicans will continue to unite all the way up to the November election.
5: And I think when it comes down to the general election, it's going to be a a pretty clear
6: choice between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton.
1: And closing his speech Thursday night, Donald Trump made this promise to the American people. I
2: say these words to you tonight. I am with you. I will fight for you. And I will win for you.
1: Meanwhile, the Democrats kick off their convention in Philadelphia next week. Several high-profile Minnesota Democrats are scheduled to speak, including Governor Mark Dayton, Senators Amy Klobuchar, and Al Franken. The Democratic National Convention runs in Philadelphia again from July 25th through the 28th. Back to you, Scott.
0: Thank you, Tasha. Minnesota Matters returns after this.
7: Who might you save? Your mother,
1: your father, your husband, uncle, aunt, son.
7: Learn fast. F-A-S-T. The sudden signs of a stroke and you could save.
1: Your friend, your best friend, teacher, boss, coach.
7: F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911. F-A-S-T. Face, arm, speech, time. That's F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. The sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in the recovery of...
1: Your neighbor, the waiter, a fellow shopper, a total stranger, grandmother, grandfather.
7: So learn FAST, the sudden signs of a stroke, then pass it on, because you never know who might save you.
1: Your wife, your colleague, teammate.
7: Spot a stroke fast. Visit StrokeAssociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. U.S. Forest Service officials were in Ely this week after last week's listening session in Duluth asking for public input on whether they should renew mineral leases for the proposed Twin Metals copper nickel mine m ns Bill Werner joins us. Bill, how controversial is this?
6: Very controversial, as it seems all mining projects in northern Minnesota and around the BWCA are. The Forest Service has already said it has concerns about the effect that a sulfide mining operation would have on the surrounding watershed. Congressman Rick Nolan argues that's premature for the Forest Service to weigh in. Twin
4: Metals is renewing their leases uh, to continue the exploration process. And there's not been a hint of a suggestion by anybody that uh, these uh, exploratory efforts are in any way harmful to the forest, the lakes, the waters, the streams, the environment. Um, We need to know um, what is underground in that um, range area um, by virtue of what how much iron ore, what uh, kind of iron ore, what kind of copper, nickel, gold, silver, palladium. Bill, um, those those metals are all vital, all critical uh, to our whole economy, our whole way of life. And if and when Twin Metals or anyone else decides to do a mining project, there will be a long process where Forestry and uh, Bureau of Land Management and uh, the EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers and the Minnesota DNR and the Minnesota Pollution, uh, Pollution Control Agency and, and fisheries and wildlife, everybody will be weighing in
6: on I understand this would be a number of steps down the road if Twin Metals finds that there are some metals there that are worth that are worth pursuing, and then they look into possibly putting a, a mine there. Uh, but the the environmental groups say if that indeed happens, that it endangers the BWCA and other pristine waters. How do you respond to that?
4: We have the brains, we have the technology, and I think we have the political will to insist that. Any and all kinds of business enterprises going forward into our future have to help ensure the, uh, the quality of our water and our air and our forest and our
6: environment. On the other side of the issue, Jeremy Drucker with the campaign to save the boundary waters. Congressman Rick Nolan says that there isn't a Twin Metals project yet. It's an idea, it's exploratory. And it doesn't make any sense to cut this whole thing off at this point of the process. It's way premature. If, in fact, uh, the the Twin Metals folks determine that there is some uh, benefit to moving forward, he says we've got the brains, we've got the technology to be sure that ultimately what happens there uh, is not going to uh, damage the the water or the air or any of the environmental resources in the Boundary Waters canoe area or in, in surrounding areas. How do you respond to that? Well a
8: couple of things but I would say first off the um, the, the Twin Metals lease is literally on the front page of the lease, it grants them the right to mine and to build a mine. So this is more than just uh for exploratory purposes. The leases grant them a right to mine. And so I think the question is, is this the right location? For America's most toxic industry, so the Boundary Waters Wilderness is America's most popular wilderness. Uh, you know, it gets 250,000 visitors every year. It's a major driver of the economy in northeastern Minnesota. And so the question before us is: Do we want Minnesota, Do we want America's most toxic industry right next to America's most
3: popular wilderness?
8: So you know, never before in uh, no, nowhere else in the world has a copper nickel mine. Uh, not polluted waters next to it. So they've never done this before safely. There's no evidence that they can do it safely here. And we just think this is the wrong location.
6: It's unclear how soon the U.S. Forest Service will decide on whether to renew those leases. Switching gears now to another controversial issue with significant developments this week, the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis publicly admitted wrongdoing in how it handled sex abuse allegations against a former priest. In exchange, prosecutors dropped six criminal child endangerment charges that alleged the archdiocese ignored repeated misconduct by Curtis Wehmeyer, who was convicted of molesting two boys in Minnesota and one in Wisconsin. Archbishop Bernard Hebda said, quote, "...we humbly acknowledge our past failures and pledge to move forward openly." That admission also triggered the release by Ramsey County prosecutors of previously suppressed legal documents, Here are excerpts from a news conference by Jeffrey Anderson, whose firm represents a number of survivors of priest sex abuse. Before this, we must note, though, that the Vatican has declined comment at this point. So here is victim's attorney Jeff Anderson, who says it's a good old-fashioned cover-up going all the way to the Vatican.
3: It's no secret that as a result of public pressure, Archbishop Neinstadt was asked to step aside, but before he did... He was the subject of a lot of scrutiny by us. Depositions and the disgorgement of documents and other evidence which we turned over to the Ramsey County Attorney. And in that, um, there was evidence that showed that Archbishop Ninestad had a history of uh, a sexual interest in not only Waymire, but other priests, seminarians, and other individuals that went way back. And that information had gone, uh, uh, some of it, to Archbishop Flynn, some of which is reported to have been shared by Archbishop Flynn with the prefect at the Vatican. The prefect for the congregation for the bishops in Rome is the right hand to the Pope. Pope Francis. The Vatican is promising the people, and Pope Francis is promising the people, that we will investigate. Here we see evidence that what the Vatican did is ordered the investigators, privately retained, to investigate the Archbishop, to stop the investigation, and to destroy the documents. He also says that they will take action against bishops, or top officials who are negligent. At this point in time, not one official of this archdiocese has been disciplined, defrocked, or has been dismissed from the clerical state. So, Pope Francis, if your words mean anything,
6: And, Scott, there are many people around Minnesota and the nation waiting to see what the Vatican does.
0: Yes, Bill, indeed there are. Thank you for that report. More Minnesota Matters after this.
6: So you see, son, good manners are very, very important. Someday, many years from now, when you're a grown-up, you'll be a man. And when you are, you should be a gentleman you want me to go through it one more
5: time
7: yes
6: yes please yes please exactly always say please thank you you're welcome and excuse me sit up straight hold doors open for ladies if a door shut then knock first don't burp don't swear don't speak with a mouthful don't reach across people's plates keep your elbows off the table What and don't interrupt while we're at it don't stare don't use foul language don't call people names but do remember people's names always share your toys play nice and cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze on the bus give up your seat to anyone who has trouble standing bottom line treat others the way you'd like to be treated got it
2: got it
7: and stop picking your nose Post-parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2 min 2 xorg That's 2 min 2 xorg A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council.
2: Last night, we put on an epic light show. Yeah, we did. The crowd loved us. We love the crowd.
8: Wait, but there were only four people out there. Yeah,
2: but did you see their four faces? All eight of their eyes lit up brighter than ours. Uh. And we're Fireflies. Yeah, we are. Hey, that one girl, she looked like she'd never seen glow in the dark like this before. And we invented glow in the dark. Yeah, we invented it. And we're going to be out here every night rocking out our light show at a forest near you. woo So come check us out. Check us out. And bring your kid, all ages show. Oh, but uh, don't bring any of those glass jars, because they make us kind of nervous. Yeah, and
8: I'm super claustrophobic.
1: Whether you're rocking their world or they're rocking yours, some memories never fade. Come alive with the forest. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a forest near you. And discover other cool things to do when you go, like fishing, biking, or even camping. Visit discovertheforest.org. See you later.
0: Yeah, see you soon.
1: Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Last week on the show, Mike Grimm sat down with Minnesota sportscaster Dave Schwartz of CARE 11 in the Twin Cities. Dave will be covering the Olympic Games in Rio de Janeiro next month for the station and discussed coverage plans last week. This week, the topic gets more personal.
6: Scott, no doubt most Minnesotans have heard about the health and sanitary concerns surrounding the 2016 Summer Olympics host city. Many high-profile athletes have already dropped out of the Olympics because of those fears. Dave Schwartz does indeed rejoin us now, as he is set to cover his second Olympic Games for CARE 11, having covered the games in Sochi in 2014 previously. He says he hasn't had to wrestle much with the idea that he shouldn't go this time
5: around. I didn't wrestle with it this time. I, I'm a firm believer that you can't live your life in fear. You have to go for experiences that you can get. We could all walk out tomorrow and get hit by a bus just as well as you could go to the Olympics and, and, and have something terrible. Will happen to you there? Uh, before I went to Russia, it was a lot scarier. From from what I remember, part of it was because it was my first Olympics. The other part was that there were terrorists and they were making a vow to hurt, do things at the Olympics, and that to me really scared me to the core. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember, about a month before the games, they blew up a train station in Volvograd, which was which was relatively close to Sochi. So that scared me a lot. Um, Zika doesn't scare me as much simply because it's it. it isn't, it's not a death sentence. It, it can be, uh, you can get away from it. It's also the cold season down there right now. So it only gets to about 70 degrees, 75. So there's less mosquitoes. The danger really is, is the crimes of opportunity, which is very common in, in that part of the world where, you know, don't leave your wallet out. Don't walk around at night by yourself, those kind of things, which frankly, Tegna who's our ownership does a great job. And, and this is not a drinking the Kool-Aid thing. Our, our leadership at Tegna, their first priority is making, keeping us safe. We have security guards. We also follow the uh, under the NBC umbrella when it comes to security. So our areas are secure. They will not, they're telling us we cannot go out after dark outside of the Olympic Village. Nobody goes anywhere alone. We always travel in twos or fours. Or, so we take precautions. There's always precautions. There's always dangers about your job. But it's the most exciting opportunity for a journalist to go cover the Olympics and, you know, to turn that down. And I almost did before we went to Russia. And that's not something I've talked about a lot. But I almost turned it down because it was scary. We had young kids. Uh, And I still have young kids, but what a great experience. I have great stories to tell my kids and they get excited about it. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine, uh, not, not only am I not scared, I'm thrilled. I can't wait to get there. So not as much of a sales job to your loved ones this time as maybe last time. Actually, it's funny you should ask that because my loved ones, my wife sold me on it. She's loved the Olympics for years Mm -hmm. and I was really scared. And especially after the bombing happened and I I said, I don't know if I can do this. And she said, yeah, you can, you have Mm -hmm. to go. I said, well, you just want me for the life insurance policy, but it's not that good. You know, and she understood that. No, she you know, it's, it's it's it was a great experience for my for for me personally, for me professionally, for my career. And and she's right. There they're usually, I mean, by and large, knock on wood, during the Olympics, there's no safer place to be than right. an Olympic village, because there is so much security there. And the bad people, whatever you want to call them, don't usually want to work for what they want to do it needs to be easy and we are locked in there not to say that things couldn't happen certainly they could but it, it wasn't a sell it was more of a sell job the first time this time she's my boss uh, jane helmke at care 11 said we want you to go to the olympics and i said all right i, I got my bag let's go she said, well you know hang on i mean i was just ready i couldn't wait do you get a chance to go watch an event just to enjoy or is it pretty much work from sunrise to sunset Um, I had a chance a little bit when I was in Russia, but it is pretty much work sunrise to sunset. Now the good news is you can't shoot the events. So a lot of times you can just go watch and then wait for your athlete to finish. So I watched a lot of curling when we were in Russia and I, and I loved it. I could sit there and watch and you'd, you'd go up and, you know, you have a credential, so you can pretty much sit anywhere you want in some of the events. We watched a lot of hockey. Your credential got you into hockey games uh, until the medal rounds and you had to have a ticket. Mm-hmm. And so there was a standing room only, and you could watch that. But as far as just going and hanging out and not having something to do after that, that doesn't happen much. You're, I mean, you log on a good day probably at least 15 hours, if not more. Yeah.
6: That's Dave Schwartz from CARE 11 in the Twin Cities, and this is Minnesota Matters. Scott? Thanks, Mike. I'll be back with more Minnesota
0: Matters in a minute.
9: You, my friend, have connections in the government. Yes, you. USA.gov, the official source for government information on thousands of topics. And like any good connection, there's no telling where it can take you why one day you're getting student loan information. Next thing you know, you need job hunting tips. Today's road construction info could have you searching for telecommuting ideas tomorrow. The more you use USA.gov, the more uses you'll find for it. Passport applications, for example. They've been known to lead to a sudden interest in travel advisories. Our new mobile apps will even update you on the go. So whether you have information to get or ideas to give your government, check out USA.gov. Who knows? Lottery results today could lead to retirement planning tomorrow. USA.gov. With the right connections, there's no telling where you can go.
0: Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. Disney's The Lion King has been one of the most successful and popular stage musicals of the last 20 years. The touring company is bringing the show here to Minneapolis' Orpheum Theater through August. Frank Wright II is performing in the current tour, and he's been involved with The Lion King since the beginning.
10: Actually, 19 years ago, actually, we were in Minneapolis uh, doing the pre-Broadway work on the show, and I was um one of the uh I was blessed to be one of the performers uh, to be to participate in that
0: for our listeners maybe who haven't seen the show or aren't familiar with it can you maybe describe a little bit about what sets this show apart
10: I think the the main thing that sets sets the show apart is it's the the very simple story of um, a uh, a young man coming to age and figuring out what it is his uh his uh, destiny in life is. And that's basically what Lion King kind of stands for. You, you talk about Simba's journey and what he, how he has to become, um, find out what it is he's supposed to be. And he, he does get into uh, understanding what that is over time.
0: And the show, of course, has received praise in the nearly 20 years that it's been around for the, the visuals and the music. Were all of those elements there from the beginning when you were involved in the show, or how did that evolve?
10: Well, most of the, most of the elements were there. Of course, you know it was taken from the uh, the animated movie, The Lion King, and uh, there were quite a few songs. I think about 15 or 16 songs that were added to that. Uh, some of the work done by Level M, and then uh, of course Tim and Elton writing additional songs like uh, uh, for the for the show, as well as um, uh, Julie Tamura co-writing "Endless Night." So uh, the 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 foundation of it was there. I think what really made it have much, much more richness was the element um, how they integrated more of the South African uh, sound, if you will, that really gave it the the richness, I think, for the show that we had, that we see today.
0: Tell me a little bit, with all of the visual things that are happening, it seems to be a really physical kind of show. What are some of the biggest challenges for you as a performer?
10: Well, you know, over the 19 years of doing the show, we one of the things that does happen is that we get younger and younger cast members coming in. So what I have to do to to, to maintain the level that I want uh, to be able to perform and what I think is the standard for the show um, is I go to the gym four to six times a week and um, I do quite a bit of cardio and, uh, to keep myself physically fit so that I can do this, this, uh, this amazing show there and blessed to do this amazing show every uh, eight times a week.
0: With the show opening here on July 5th, I'm wondering, have you started rehearsals here for the show yet, or where are you in the process?
10: Uh, right now we're in Dayton, Ohio. We actually leave here uh, on Sunday, July 3rd. Um, we'll be in uh, Minneapolis on the 4th of July, and then we'll start our our tech rehearsals that the morning of the 5th. Um, we, we start our tech rehearsals so we can have our first preview that evening. I mean, the, show's, the show runs consistently... The whole year long. It doesn't, it doesn't ever really stop. We, we're usually in a city from anywhere from four weeks or better. And then we leave that Sunday and we're back into it that, that following Tuesday. So in regards to rehearsals, we do have rehearsals during the course of being in a city to, to, to fine tune some things that may be going one way or the other. Uh, but for the most part, the show is, is constantly, we're constantly on top of doing the show. So we don't have very many days off from doing the show.
0: And having been associated with the show as long as you have, as a performer, how do you keep it fresh for yourself?
10: You know, the easiest way to say is that there's a new audience every single performance. And for me, the opportunity to go down the aisle and see a a 40-year-old person or a 50-year-old person, all of a sudden they're 12 years old, because we're coming down as a wildebeest or an elephant or a gazelle, and... To see their faces light up and the image that they have in their mind of what they're seeing, that's what, for me, uh, that's one of the main things that keeps it fresh. And the music, as I, as I said in the past, the South African music that is just, I believe, the, 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 the strongest force in regards to the foundation of our show keeps me, um, keeps me going every single time.
0: Do you have something lined up for once the, the tour is over?
10: Right now, I'm trying to focus on getting to the 20-year mark, which is coming up uh, uh, next year. And for me, I, I plan on uh, hopefully retiring from theater and moving on to the my, my the next level is to hopefully be on the other side of the table, helping young people and uh, teaching them what it is to be a performer and to be to have longevity in this industry.
0: Well, it seems like you've certainly had that as a performer. Are you the are you the elder statesman of the cast?
10: There's, there's two of us, myself and um, Linda, Lindaway Delamini, who uh, uh, is uh, on Broadway right now, that, uh, that are cast members are, uh, that, that are still performing.
0: All right, Frank. Is there anything else you want listeners to know about the show as we get the word out there about uh, The Lion King?
10: Just come and see the show. It's a, it's a great show, and, and you will not regret uh, seeing such an amazing show.
0: Well, we're looking forward to it, and I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. Absolutely. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks again for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.